We are moving our way towards that sweet spot in the off season where everybody's jumping on the ice. So there's trickle happening, but in the next couple of weeks, everybody's going to be uh, headfirst into training for the upcoming season. Welcome to In Goal Radio, the podcast. Darren Millard along with Kevin Woodley today. Uh, David Hutchison is on assignment, looking forward to bringing you a couple of inside scoops uh, from the world of uh, uh, goalie schools coming up and uh, what everybody's doing to get ready in just a little bit. Uh, today's feature interview, Eric Comrie of the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, you heard me correctly. And uh, boy, is this a fantastic conversation with Kevin Woodley uh, up there in Kelowna. And our gear segment uh, with the Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com, source for sports Surrey. Dealing with the CCM Access 2.9 line, uh, Woody, as uh, we get into the secondary price point of CCM Access 2. Yeah, last week we went with the Bauer M5 Pro. This week, the Access 2.9. And I think it's important to note, because a lot of people probably that are shopping in that range have already seen CCM Access 2.9, maybe at your local store or online. But when it comes to buying it from the Hockey Shop Source for Sports, you actually get more. This isn't just a review of the Axis 2.9 line. It's a review of the Source for Sports exclusives that you get when you buy the Axis 2.9 line from the hockey shop, from Cam and his crew down there. And it comes with lots of extras that not everybody else is going to have available. So uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. We'll walk through some of those specifics that you get when you buy it from them versus anywhere else. And I would suggest, um, you know, if you're a goalie that's looking at purchasing it, those extras are worth the difference of making that purchase from the hockey shop source for sports rather than wherever you otherwise might because there there are some legit added benefits in there that uh, that I'll leave to Cam to explain a bit later. Now, you're planning. Uh, Cam's a planner uh, when it comes to gear and making sure that it's uh, out and on the shelves and, and ready months before the start of the season. But if you're a goaltender... Uh, now, I mean, you're still in that window where you can get a hold of uh, this gear from Cam and be ready for, for training camp, right? Yeah, and this is the beauty of the second price point lines, too. Like we said before, this stuff is you know, um, good enough to play beer league for sure, good enough like right up into Bantam, and we've had some major Bantam players actually wear these second price point uh, lines for, in some cases, more than a year uh, and had the pads especially last a little bit longer. So. Um, you know, that is the best part. Like this is, we're sort of past that custom window for goalies where if you're ordering custom and you get it at the start of the season, like if you're looking now for custom, um, you're not getting it by the time the season starts. That's the reality of most of the windows out there. Such a busy time of the year too. Uh, we're seeing, you know, companies are, are going to be busy making gear for their NHL guys, their AHL guys, their junior guys. So those custom windows tend to get stretched out a little bit. Um, but that's the beauty of a place like the hockey shop. They've got all this stuff in stock, not just at the second price point, but even at the pro level where, yeah, okay, you're not ordering custom, but you need a size, you need a specific glove, you need some features like we talked about with the Axis 2.9. Chances are the hockey shop has it in stock and they can get you fit properly and on your way out the door with the gear that day. Um, so for those of you who are sort of shopping in that right before the season standpoint, you want to wait till the end of the summer to make sure your kid's done growing. Cause mm. if you buy yeah. it, you know, buy it back in June, it might not fit by September, which is a good thing in the world of goaltending and size mattering more than, more than, uh, it ever has before. Um, but you don't want to get caught in between sizes. So you can wait right to the last minute and chances are 
the hockey shop and the hockey shop sorcerer sports will have something in stock that can help you stop more pucks. I can't wait for everybody to hear your discussion with Eric Comrie. I remember the first time that he was on the podcast and uh, Ingold Radio subscribers were treated to this uh, great story of uh, a prospect, uh, a professional going out on public uh, skating ice and doing his, his own crease movements. And that was an eye opener. And today uh, we're going to get the same type of thing uh, with Eric. Uh, but the gear segment uh, involves the CCM Access 2.9, which is really like, I know it's the secondary price point of Access uh, 2. Uh, Access 2 but it's really almost like 2.5 with the way the hockey shop does their buying and, and serves it up and gives you the different options. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, they've definitely, and then like I said, we'll get in it. Why don't we just let Cam explain Let's it to it. us? Because there are some extra options in here. Like I said, you won't find anywhere else. Um, so let's have Cam walk us through exactly what those are and why, if you're looking at this line, you should be looking at the hockey shop source for sports. Welcome back to the Hockey Shop Source for Sports. We're down here in Goalie Utopia. Of course, you can check them out at thehockeyshop.com at any time. It's summer, which means we have new product rolling in on a regular basis here at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports, including the second price point options. We've already talked to you about the Bauer M5 Pro, which is the tear down from the mock line. Today, we have the Axis 2.9 which is the first tier down from the new Axis 2 pads. And I gotta say, pleasantly surprised to see a lot of the exciting new features that we unveiled with the Axis 2, both in the video here and in our full overview at ingolmag.com, continue down to the second price point, including a version of the knee that is similar, if not a complete replica uh, and identical in every way, but more impressive, is this man, Cam Matwib, and his ability through the Source for Sports buying power and the power of the hockey shop to get exclusive features on their CCM Access 2.9 that you can't get anywhere else. So this isn't just an overview of CCM Access 2.9. This is an overview of the features on 2.9 that you can only get through the Source for Sports and Cam here at thehockeyshop.com. So Cam, let's start with the overview of the pad, similarities and differences on this lower price point compared to Axis 2, and then let's get into the Source for Sports exclusives that you managed to negotiate with CCM for your line, including some custom colorways and some exciting additions on the glove pad and blocker. Okay, so for pad itself, the biggest thing is you're going to see as a drop down between this and the Axis 2, don't have that max core rebound. So once again, you are going to see a bit of a difference in terms of the overall core of the pad, how it pops out those rebounds. It's almost just as stiff for sure, but it won't have that same rebound quality that you will find in the Axis 2 Pro Pad. Well, now when we say stiff, I think we should just, you know, clarify stiff through, especially above the knee and through the thigh. Still, uh, they've gone with, unlike sort of previous uh, premier line products, they've gone with that softer boot flex, which echoes uh, similar to the E-Flex line. But Correct. you're right, certainly a stiff pad above the knee. And this will, that softer boot still will help you get over top of your yourself, especially in a reverse VH situation, anything like that. You need that softer boot to be able to stop that pad from kicking up and riding up on you while you're moving around. 
Well, I know I said we'd start specifically with the CCM features, but I notice as we talk about flex profile, there is something that is unique to Source for Sports. I see a break on the outer roll here. Is there an internal one as well? So the first call out for the SDC or Source exclusive Axis 1.9 or 2.9, excuse me pads yes we went with single internal single external brake let's carry a little bit more flex to the pad itself so again below the knee you're going to get a little more flex not again not pretty stiff above the knee correct correct flipping the pad over onto the knee stack itself so one of the things that we wanted to upgrade as well uh we've added a uh, stiffer hd foam to the actual knee stack itself uh, this is something that you would see, you know, once again, a bit of uh, up subtraction once you're going onto the regular 2.9 pad. Not something you can necessarily see visually, but you can definitely feel it when you drop down to the ice. So that stiffer foam is going to give you, once again, more stability when you're down in that butterfly itself. And a little more of that, yeah, that thud. That, the, the, that. the patented thud that we were looking for. It's like, I feel like we need like the Batman and Robin videos from the 70s when they had the fight and it was like, flack and thud. I really make that sound well with my teeth right now. Flack and thud. But it definitely you, makes a, whatever you a say, flack oh and a thud when you hit the ice. <laughs> Nothing like knowing you've hit the ice and have a good seal. <laughs> the DRS Pro system that's in this CCM Axis 2.9 helps with that, enhanced by the HD foam. I'll keep talking so you can collect yourself. <laughs> so you can still see that we do get that integrated knee as you talked about earlier, uh, as we find down on the pro, uh, up on the Pro Pad itself. So once again, that stability um, is there, combo with flex, our knee yeah. stack, um, that really helps out in terms of your drive down to the butterfly. Continuing on with additional features. So we have added some higher um, speed skip material actually in two areas where we find that the pad does commonly wear, especially with knee pads, Velcro kind of catches. So this is just giving you an additional wear coverage uh, on either side of the pad to help protect uh, the pad itself. Moving on to the boot of the pad, we have created our own bungee system that actually has a little bit more flex to it than the standard one that you would find on the pad itself. We are finding that just the CCM bungees were a little bit too taut, so this one gets just a little bit more flex. Would you like to hear me say taut? Too taut. Let's bring up that glove. Axis 2.9, source exclusive. This is still the 591 brake, so again, no finger stalls, big change for CCM. Um, still has that same kind of foam design that is going to imprint your fingers into the glove as you're wearing it and as the glove breaks in. Heat moldable. Heat moldable. But not necessarily requiring a skate oven per se. The natural heat of your hand will help establish those grooves just by playing with it. So that's all the standard. Now, source exclusive. Single T, extra one inch depth to it. So great overall cat surface, skate lace coming standard on our source exclusive nice gloves. Deep pocket. Why do we want right. skate laces in our pocket? softer, what causes a puck to come out of a glove, spin rate, things like this will help reduce that spin rate and keep it in the pocket longer. Pocket Sciency on you. So now when we actually go to the palm of the glove, we've also added an extra thick palm with D3O. So D3O, for those that may not be familiar after all our years of reviews, is a impact absorbent sort of call out by the orange color of it, an impact absorbing foam that offers better protection than traditional foams or sort of felt layers that we used to see in gloves. Usually only reserved for the high-end pro level stuff, but Cam's managed to get it in this second price point glove. Attaboy Cam. So this will feel very, very similar to a stock game ready 591 Axis 2 Pro glove. 
So you're getting that similar level of protection and a similar level of feel. So covers the glove. Last but not least, the blocker. Major upgrade here. We still get the D3O in the index finger. So what you normally see in, again, the Axis 2 Pro, we have brought it down into the 2.9 in our source exclusive. And then I talked about the D3O in the orange. You can really see it prevalent there in the glove. A nice little call out for that extra layer of protection that, again, buy this from anyone else, this 2.9 line, you're not going to get that D3O protection in the finger for those pucks that ride up the stick. You've got it here from the hockey shop source for sports. Correct. So give us a call here at 604-589-8299 or 1-800-567-7790. Lots of colorways. There's some more stuff coming in. Check it out. All exclusive. Some color, some, some custom colors available only to you guys. Only available to you guys. So make sure you check them out at, at thehockeyshop.com. Um, some of the other features that we didn't really have a chance to get into that have changed in the Axis 2 line and continue over to the 2.9, things like you know that wide open cuff, the ability to sort of manipulate how open it is. Make sure you go back and check out our initial review, uh, both here on the, the videos on our YouTube channel. Hit like, subscribe so you get these automatically. They'll give you a walkthrough of that original Axis 2 pad. And of course, at ingoldmag.com, we've got a complete overview of it. You can really dive into the details. And as we see happily here, at a second price point level, how much on the pads? Retail? Check them out at thehockeyshop.com. Hit that notification bell. Bing! Put them on the spot. $11.29, so more than $1,000 less than a pro pad. A lot of those specs are carrying down to that second price point, which is exciting for us, even if Cam couldn't remember how much it cost. Oh, I thought the video was already over. I don't you know, were near still perfect. Going. Near perfect, buddy. Much like my smile. Cuts. Almost perfect. Cuts. Awesome stuff, told you, plenty of options and a couple of different uh, abilities to have what's on the Axis 2 in the 2.9, which is cool. Are you a skate lace guy in the glove or are you the regular uh, wedding? Uh, if, I, if I've got an option, I'm, I'm probably going skate lace. Like when we do custom sets, uh, our Axis 2.0 has skate lace. Uh, and that's one of the features that they have on the uh, CCM Axis Customizer. Like you can not just get skate lace, but get multiple colors of skate lace. So, uh, for example, in our custom blue set, uh, the skate lace actually matches. So we got a double T and we use nylon lace in between the two T's. But in the outside of that pocket is skate lace. So I just find, you know, those heavy shots with lots of spin, having skate lace in a bit of a softer pocket will take a little more of that spin off and make it less likely to end up in a, a pop-up rebound in front of you. So, yeah, I guess I, I guess in a long-winded way, which is my specialty, I am a skate lace guy. Do you remember the first goal you saw using skate lace? Ooh. Mine was chances Ron, are... Mine was Ron Hextall. See, chances are the first goalie I saw using it, I wasn't looking for it because it predated me oh. being a goalie geek. So, Good point. Um, that's a good question. I'm like sort of looking over to see if like we used to have the Luongo glove up here in yeah. the corner of the office, but uh, we use that for a, a charity prize. Um, yeah, I honestly, I don't know, Darren. I didn't as far back as Hextall. Eh? I love that. Yeah, I, and uh, I'll be honest. It was a long time before I realized that goalies used the skate lace because it took spin off and allowed some absorption in the glove because I always thought it was cool, and that's why guys did it, and that's why Hextall would 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 put it on there because it looked way better. 
And and that's why I initially did it. My dad freaked out on me back in the day uh, because I took all the uh, the nylon lace out and, and put the skate lace in because I wanted to look cool. Why not both? That's yeah. the beauty of goaltending, fashion and function. Is there another position in sports where fashion and function crosses over to the degree it does with goaltenders, whether it's the masks, features like that, like look good, feel good, play good, baby. That's all that matters. Kind of gets us into our feature interview brought to you by Sensorina, Sensorina VR, Eric Comrie of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, and there's a guy that uh, has transitioned and really grown along uh, his skill set on the ice and off the ice. And uh, if you want to build off the ice, Sensorina VR continues to get it done. Well, I mean, it's a perfect tie-in because a large part of this interview with Eric is sort of along the themes of, you know, mental coaching and mental skills and some work he's done in the past couple of years with a sports psychologist that have really made a difference for him. And and in some ways, actually, before we get into Sensorina, just a quick shout out to Kimberly Newell uh, from our last edition, which was so focused on Amazing. the mental game and mindset we have got i listened so to it twice okay I, I admit i listened went back and listened to it a second time the whole hour and a half yeah, like that was I, one I of our to, longest interviews ever and I, I made some notes through it because there is so much that i know that uh go go into my head and then there's another cool part and i forget about the the previous uh nugget so i went back and, and took notes through it so much positive feedback we've had on that interview. So if you if you skipped it, folks, if you missed it, make sure you go back and listen. Uh, because much like Darren, based on the feedback we're getting, you'll probably listen twice. And I think the same will be true in a much shorter format with Eric this week, because a lot of the sort of steps he took this season to become a 920 guy in a really tough spot as a backup were tied to sort of that mental side of the game and some changes in terms of how he organized and managed and took control of the controllables in his life as a goaltender on the mental side. And one of the controllables that Eric has always taken advantage of is the ability to get on the ice. And he uses Sensorina to make maintain that as a controllable even when there isn't ice available. If anybody ever went back and watched um, or if you saw it the first time, remember when we did the video review of Sensorina and Eric came in and sat down and talked about how he uses it as a tool to get better. Like this is a guy who no longer has to worry about access to ice and he still uses it because he knows it helps him stop more pucks. So for a guy who has come such a far way on the mental side of the game, I don't think it's a coincidence uh, that he's also still using Sensorina as a training tool and is a big part of his game. So if you haven't yet, make sure you go back and check out our review featuring Eric Comrie of Sense Arena. And for more information, make sure you check out Sense Arena at their website, as well as the app. You don't actually have to be a Sense Arena user to benefit from their app. Uh, but if you combine the power of those two worlds, uh, you've just got a fantastic tool for goaltenders. And you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, another guy who's going to be a teammate of Eric Comrie's, probably, I would guess, before this contract expires, Devin Levi who we hope to have on the pod here in the next couple of weeks. I was actually supposed to go up to Kelowna to see him, but missed him due to some family circumstances. Um, I know he's another guy who may be the, one of the greatest users of Sense Arena. So, you know, folks, we talk about it. Is it great for beer leaguers that can't get on the ice? Will it make you better? Absolutely. Are there mental, mental drills and eye and vision training drills you can do in there uh, for goalies of all ages? Absolutely. But this isn't just a development tool for kids or for old guys. 
legit pros with access to coaching and access to ice, some of the best in the world, guys like Comrie and Levi, use Sense Arena as part of their training. So make sure you check it out as a tool you can add to your box. And so now let's turn it over to Eric because uh, uh, I'm excited to have everybody sort of listen to how he's used some of these tools on the mental side of the game to make such a big jump in his game. You're listening to the podcast uh, because you're a passionate, enthusiastic, or eager to learn goaltender or you have that connection to the goaltender and you want to learn more about it get ready for one of the most uh, bright enthusiastic captivating conversations that we've ever had uh, with a goaltender here's kevin woodley on location with eric comrie brought to you by sensorina sensorina vr Really excited to welcome back for his second appearance on the In Goal Radio podcast, Eric Comrie. And this is going to sound weird for me of the Buffalo Sabres. Eric, how's the summer going? Congratulations on the new contract, new team, new opportunity. Where's the mindset as we hit mid-July and, and you look at that coming up in the next couple months? First of all, it sounds kind of weird to me as well. It's a, it's a fresh... I've never gone to a different team training camp before. I've always been Winnipeg. I've, been a, I've bounced around a lot. But I've only ever been to one team's training camp, and that's Winnipeg. So it's going to be fun to see what's different around the league. But I'm really excited for this opportunity this year. I think it's a good chance for myself to play a couple more games than last year and uh, looking to go there and earn as many starts as I can and earn an opportunity to play as many games as I possibly can. What's that process like going through free agency um, for the first time? And, you know, coming up to that deadline, not knowing what the future holds, different opportunities, musical chairs. We've talked to guys over the years. Some find it stressful, some don't. How'd you approach it? How was your mindset going through it? Well, for myself, I really trust my agent a lot. And I just trust, uh, I have a lot of trust in him. I have a lot of, I know what he's going to do the best thing for me every single time. So I understand that. I think that's a big thing is if you have trust in somebody you're working with it, and you have a good relationship with this person, then it really helps you out a lot and helps you understand like how, um, gives you a lot of confidence in yourself and a lot of trust in yourself. But for myself, I'm a bit of a goalie nerd myself. So I was watching all the moves, watching the different trades, watching the signings. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. And not really stressing out about it, just because I'm kind of nerding out about it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a cool move. That's kind of like, I mean, I remember back in the days when I was like 12, 10 years old playing NHL on Xbox and making all these signings and trades. So I was like, oh, I, I've done that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So it was kind of fun for myself to think back at that. And um, no, for myself, I was I, I trusted. I had, I had a good season, so I trust myself. I think things would have been different if I had a different year, if going into free agency and not knowing the opportunity you would have gotten. But for myself, I was very fortunate to work hard the past summer and have a good season and, and the amount of starts I had. And just so I had, I had good confidence that no matter what was going to happen, I was going to get an opportunity somewhere. Beyond the opportunity, and, and you'll be paired with Craig Anderson, who we know really well. Andy's a beauty. You're going to love him. Um, what other things did you, did you like about Buffalo and the move? For myself, I just so talking to my agent because I didn't have a chance to talk to him a ton before I signed, but talking to my agent and I once again I really put a lot of trust and confidence into him and he how he was saying, Hey, this team's going the right direction. Like Kevin Adams, these guys, the head coach there, Granado, is just fantastic. Like they just they they're building a culture in Buffalo. They're building the right kind of mindset and everything's earned, everything's kind of they everyone they have guys that want to be in Buffalo. And that's a big thing for me because I want to be around a team that's 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 growing and is building towards something, and I want to be a part of that. I want to jump on to jump on the board with them and battle it out every single night and earn opportunities myself and Craig and whoever else is there is just going to go there and battle for opportunities and earn as many wins as we can. And I think that's 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 what we want. We want to have that that, that camaraderie and that that 
belief in ourselves and that uh, and the the good people, good organization, just kind of build it forward. Okay, so you like you said, you've only ever been to camp with the Jets, but you have bounced around through waivers and stuff uh, over the past couple of years. Lessons from starting fresh with a new team. I know it's not the same situation when you go mid-season versus training camp, but in terms of what that adjustment process is like for a professional goalie to go to a different team, a new voice, a new goalie coach, are there things you can take away from that where this may be, as much as it's a new experience for you, there are elements that you have experience with based on having done it through the waiver wire in the past? 100%. And I think the big one and I think you get dragged into this a lot is trying to impress your teammates too early and trying to make good impressions and trying to be perfect right out of the gate. And for myself, I've, I've been in the habit of trying to do that too much, trying to do too much too early instead of just going there and kind of playing my game and being me and just trusting myself and not kind of going all of a sudden ramp up for the next, the next practice, that next game. And just, and then you, you're playing stiff out there because you're trying to be perfect instead of just letting it happen, just kind of letting the game kind of unfold and, being you and really just enjoying that and being the person that I am. I, I enjoy hockey. So just having fun out there. Almost like we were just on the ice here up in Kelowna for you're up here for, for a few days this week, working with Lyle Mast and his phrase is let it come in yeah, terms yeah. of letting the puck come to you through a tracking mentality. You have to let it come in terms of a new team. You can't really force it. No, hundred percent. It's like golf. Hey? Yeah, it's like, the it's harder like golf. you try, yeah, yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's just like golf. Like the more, you, the, the harder you try, the more you try to put in it, the less happens. The more you just kind of let things happen, take it, like golf shot by shot or hockey shot by shot and just kind of let, 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 let things unfold, let it go, let it play and just play your game, be you and just go out there and just, I mean, the, the game's the same. If for myself, Lyle and I always talk about this a lot. We say, it doesn't matter who you're playing, you're still playing against the puck. It doesn't matter who the person is. He's still same size puck, same size net, same size ice. So that doesn't change. So why would you try and change your game? You just keep the same, keep playing it and you'll adjust as time goes on. And the making friends part, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. I get along with guys pretty well. So I'm, I'm really excited. I, there's a couple of guys in the team I know, and they're just amazing human beings. So I'm really excited to see those guys again. Well, as we're fond of saying at Ingle, if you can't be friends with Eric Comrie, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> um, you talked about next shot mentality. And it's so funny because I, I mean, I used to used to do a little bit of PGA Tour coverage and, and write about golf. And that was that's the whole thing, right? So it's all about like the next shot and that key focus. And it's so similar for goaltenders. I always say it's the easiest thing to say, but sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. Now, I, I read somewhere where over the past, I don't know if it's a year or past year and a half that you started working with a mental skills coach and that next shot mentality, that in the moment mentality, which would have been difficult this year because you went through some long gaps between starts. Can you walk me through, if you want to give a shout out to who you've been working with, but also some advice that you might have for other young goalies listening to this that are trying to get to that next shot mentality because it is... It's really easy to say, but sometimes yeah. it's really tough. It's also, so I'm going I'm to go back to your first thing. When you yeah. We're talking about golf there. It's funny because I actually started, what, what actually made me a better golfer was, I looked up a little bit this decade. It's called Decade Golf online. And it's, on Instagram, it's called Decade Golf. And it's about, it's all about golf course management and how, to, how guys win tournaments. And, and it's funny what he says. He says, you don't go out there trying to win a tournament. You try and run your process better than anyone else. And if you happen to win that tournament, then that's great. But you don't go there trying to win. So you're trying to run your process so well through the whole thing. So it's like, okay, what's my strategy in this hole? I'm hitting it here. I'm hitting it there. I'm putting it there. So if you keep running your, your strategy the whole time, that's what's going to give you the results. And that's exactly what myself and my psychologist talked, my sports psychologist talked about. It was just 
Go out there, kind of screw the results. Don't worry about those. Go out there and really focus on what you can control in your process, which is me for myself. It's my mantras, my kind of my, my three things that I was going through, which were um, skate well, because I can control skating well, play positionally. I can control that, hit my marks kind of thing, and be you, play my game and not, not worry about anything else. So that's my three things I worked on. And I didn't worry about the shot. I didn't worry about anything. I worried about getting into position because I can control that and skating well. Because I, I looked at the game as, so you play the game, it's an hour, it's a 60 minute game. How much of that time are you actually making saves? Very, very few. Maybe one second a game are you actually executing save execution. The rest of the time is just moving from position to position. So that was a big one for me because I can control that. I can control how well I got into position every single time. So that was my main focus is just skate well and get into the position and then let the results kind of take care of themselves. Okay. So mantras, we've seen guys over the years sort of, sort of glom on to key phrases. You know, sometimes they'll change from season to season. They, we've seen they, honestly, they change from game to game sometimes. Okay. They do. Me- they, it's, it's, it's whatever, it's whatever clicking. It's whatever you felt click. Cause I'm also a big believer in practice. So for me, it's about what clicking in practice right now. So you, and I like to practice as much as well as I like to play. So for me, I'm like, okay, what's clicking in practice? This is what's, this is, this is what's getting my mindset right. So I got to figure out, okay, this, this is what's clicking for me. I'm in the zone. This is what I'm going to use for the game kind of thing. And I'm going to stick to it for that whole game. I'm not going to, that once that game starts, you're sticking to it and you're sticking to that process as hard as you possibly can. Is that outside of those, those are the first three sort of the foundation and the fundamentals and then different things come and go. Can you give me an example? That those three things worked all year for me all okay. year, every single practice, every single game. I was, I was pretty on it all year long. I only had a stretch of about seven. I remember I had seven practices this year. I didn't like like throughout the whole season where I was like, okay, I'm off it. I got to get back on it. And it was just kind of, and I, and I talked to Lyle and I talked to my sports about those seven practices. And I was like, why, why weren't these practices going right? Well, then he goes, how much were you focused on? How much were you dealing on the, the basics? And he's like, okay, you know what? You're right. I kind of, I kind of got away from it a little bit. I kind of got my mind, got a little sloppy here. And it's just about getting back to it, getting back to it. I know it sounds so simple, but the more you refine those simple things and just get into the right mindset, it's going to put, set you up for the right, right foundation. So when part of that sounds like is identifying when you aren't on it, when you're not feeling good or moving well, or those fundamentals have drifted into practice and then recognizing what had shifted. Is that, yeah. is that right? So you got yeah. almost got to learn through your mistakes for and sure. Not, and actually be, but at the same time, you're being cognizant of your thought yeah. process and mindset as you know, looking back on those. hundred percent. Well, for me, it's like, so practice, and I don't necessarily grade a practice by how many pucks I stop. You got to remember. Right. It's about how well I executed in my movements and my safe executions. So if I'm executing my movements correctly, and I'm in position and my, my safe executions aren't taking me away from the puck, then I categorize that as a successful practice because practice are going to have more time and space to shoot. They're going to score a couple. The whole thought for me is just get into perfect position, make them make the perfect shot. And a lot of times you're going to make a good reaction because you're going to be able to see that puck and see the release. So in practice, it's a little bit harder to do that because guys have more time and more space can be a little bit more deceptive. So that, that was for me. I was really dialed in. I was, okay, was, after every practice, I'd kind of think to myself, okay, was I doing what I had to do today to be successful the next day? Was I in the right mindset? Was I this? And if the answer was yes, then I kept going forward that. The three keys, like just, just going back to those three that you talked about, I love though, because they make so much sense because the, like you said, they're, they're elements you can control. Mm-hmm. Whereas, especially in a practice, there's so much wide open, especially with the skill you guys had on the Jets, like that forward group with time and space in a practice environment, if you're focused just on the result, that could spiral the wrong way pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. When you got guys like Kyle Connor and all the skill there. 
Um, did you write them down? Like are those like some guys will put it on a note on their stick or on their blocker, or do you just dialed in to the nope. point where you didn't need no. to? I kept a notebook all year. I wrote okay. I wrote notes before every game, like a journaling journal. Yeah, I journaled every night, every before every single game. Kind of was this new? Yeah, this was new, and I kind of and it was night nights. I would just kind of write down what I was confident in that day, and like just kind of say why should I be confident the next day? Because I this is I've worked and I put it down. I write down this. I'm confident because I worked so hard. I'm confident because I trained so hard today. I'm confident because I did this. So I was like, and I kind of created a checklist of things I had to do every single day to make sure that I could perform my best the next day. Workout, nutrition, sleep, hydration, on ice preparation, warm up, cool down, just kind of things like that. So I was like, okay, did I did I check all the boxes? If I did, then I controlled what I can control for that day. I can't do anything else. I can't worry about the next day because I've controlled what I, I put my work in for this day to achieve what I need to for the next day. And that's kind of what I did every single day. And then before games, I'd kind of do my like my just write down my game plan for the game. So okay, I'd write down just a simple notes. Okay, if if I'm because I get nervous for a game, that's just a normal thing. I just get I get nervous, so I would write down, um, embrace the nerves because I've always played my best games when I am nervous. So I just understand like every I've always been nervous before every single game. So why would I why would it change anything about how I can play? It's not going to change anything. So I kind of write down, embrace the nerves. They make you better, and they kind of write down different things about like the just my keys for the game and my mantras. And then I was kind of like, okay, kind of my key before every game was okay. Anytime I caught myself thinking about results, go back to your mantras and go back to your thoughts. Go back to what you're, go back to your thing. So every time I'd catch myself, I'd just, okay, just go back to it. That was my, that was my goal for the whole game, pretty much. I just don't worry about anything. Don't worry about saves. Don't worry about anything, but just go back to my mantras. It was just the, the goal for my game. Reminds me of uh, a seminar we did with John Stevenson, who's worked with Brayton Holtby and a bunch of other guys. I think he actually works with your buddy, Freddie Anderson, a little bit too now. Yeah. It's everybody's focus drifts. Yeah, it's about recognize when it drifts and having the mechanisms or the tools to a recognize it and b pull it back. For sure, it sounds like you discovered a lot of that as well over the past year. For sure, it's not for me. The, the if I went through a game and just say I let in ten goals, it doesn't really matter. Just to give an example, worst possible game you could play. But I went through You've there been watching me at beer league, evidently, <laughs> and I went through there <laughs> focused on my focused on my game plan, and I was being me and playing my game. I can live with myself and go to bed at night going, so you know what? I played my game did my thing. I did everything I possibly could. Just didn't work that night. Some days you don't have it. But if I went there and I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm thinking about results and all of a sudden I'm trying to do so much. I'm trying to make saves and trying to do all these different things. And I'm like, whoa, then it's going to be hard for me. I'm like, why would you do that? You didn't, you weren't you, you weren't your game. You didn't play it. So why would you be happy with that performance? I'd always, I told myself, I don't care what happens tonight. As long as you play your game and stick to your game plan. Did it take you a while to get to that? Like when you look back at it, I mean, everything's a process, but yeah. do you wish you'd maybe engaged a sports psychologist a little earlier? Like not that we're telling every yeah. kid to run out and go hire a sports psych. Yeah, no. This game's expensive enough no, already. It's not, but it's not about hiring a sport. It's honestly, it's about listening to people because it, it, I don't know how many times you can hear this in interviews. Everyone says they do this and you're like, but for me, the biggest thing that a sports... But, but like you also have to have a tool, the tools to know how so, to manifest it. For me, the biggest thing the sports psych did for me is I have a tendency of bouncing around. I'd be like, oh, that sounds good. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. And then all of a sudden you're doing 3,000 things and you're like, holy smokes, I got to condense this into like a lot less things to really get the most out of it. And that's what really helped me was just organize it and develop a system and a plan instead of just randomness random thousand things every single time 
We haven't named him or her. Do you want to give a shout out to the sports site? Lenny is Lenny and his last name is really hard to pronounce. So I'm not going to try to do it. I'm sorry. Okay. We'll try to <laughs> find a link from yeah. you so we can give some love there on the podcast in the show notes. Um, another guy who's been a big part of your career that we haven't talked about yet. And I imagine was a huge part of last year, especially because of the gaps you went through. I mean, you, you ripped off a nine twenty. But the way you did it with, I mean, I think there was one where it was over a month between games. So practice would have been huge for you. And Wade Flaherty, who we're obviously big fans of here on the pod. Maybe if we keep saying nice things, he'll actually come join us one of these days. Um, but the relationship with Flats, uh, I know you're going to miss him this year. But like, how'd you guys manage to stay sharp with so much time between starts? How, I, there, there's another thing that a lot yeah. of kids struggle with when they get stuck in that spot. How'd you pull it off? Flats was amazing for me. He was absolutely incredible. I think he's one of the best goalie coaches in the world. And he, what he can do is just unbelievable. I mean, he does what he did for me is every single day we worked. We worked every single day, just basics, skating. I mean, we were on the ice, I think, every day, 30 to 45 minutes for every practice on the ice, just him and I, just skating. And actually, skating and puck handling is what we did every single day. Then after practice, we skated. It was all about sticking to the routine, just trusting it, sticking to the routine, sticking to the routine, skating well, skating well, puck handling, same routine, same routine. We just did the same things over and over, just building a good base, making sure my habits were sharp in practice. After practice, we did a lot of work. And that it, it's, it's funny to say, because you don't ever do this, but I was in Winnipeg. We always do kind of group goalie video sessions, which is kind of weird because a lot of teams don't do that. So I would go into Helly's video session and I'd learn from Helly. So I kind of get to like, even though I didn't play the game, I'd still like get to, I, I get to watch the game and understand how he played it. So it's almost kind of mentally keeping me sharp as well. And Flats would go through some of the video extra with me, just of even hellier different goalies and just say, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And it kind of kept me sharp as well. I just kind of going over, because yes, practice is great. And what we did in practice was the details are so important, treating practice just like a game, but also the mental work of watching video and going through the game stuff kind of helps your like your visualization, your kind of stuff like that you go through every single game. I was going to say, it sounds like visualization, but you're yeah. actually watching video. So you're sort of like, it's like you're manifesting the game yeah, on yeah. a TV screen in front yeah. of you. And another thing that really helps me too is I, and a lot of guys don't do this, I prepare every single game as if I'm pretty much starting. So I run through my routine every single game. So even if you know you're not starting. Even if I know I'm not starting, I run through my routine. Now, and that is just strictly based on the fact that and you know what? I should have done this more as I was in the American League, but I, I, when I got to the NHL, I'm like, hey, you get one shot at this. You never know when you're going to get the opportunity to go into a game. You have to be ready to go. If you're not ready to go, I will blame myself forever. If I'm right, if I did this stuff, once again, this goes back to my preparation. I can control my controllables. If I go out there, I don't play a good game because I go in relief. That happens. You know what? You're coming in cold. It's tough to do. But if I went through my routine, my, my pregame preparation, everything the exact same, and I went in there, I can at least go there saying, you know what? I did everything I possibly could. And I want to have that ability to do that every single time I step on the ice. What now give me without giving me every single detail, but like what, like what's that look like? Like two hours. I'm I'm a three, I'm a three hour guy. You're a three hour guy. I'm a three hour guy. So even though there's a chance you don't play that night, you're going through the whole three hour routine. I think there's a good lesson there for a lot of kids too. Yeah. For me, it's get there, get there. I usually have a little bit of chicken and rice at the rink. Um, then I go play soccer with the guys for a little bit because I do that even when I play. I started this this year because Helly wanted me to join his soccer game, so I started playing soccer with him. The old Super Bowl? Yeah, a little bit early, and then I go do my juggling routine where I juggle, juggle, juggle. I just do my hand-eye routine, my juggling, my throwing ball off the wall kind of thing. 
Then I go do a breathing routine, kind of get alone for a little bit, kind of get into my own quiet space and just do a little bit of a breathing routine. Just because I find that the, I get the most nervous I get is right before te- during team video, like watching other teams video is kind of like the most nervous. Like, I don't know why, but I think watching other team on the, on the screen going, oh man, they look like they look so good on video. Cause like you're, all you're doing is watching their highlights. Yeah. Film. Watching the goals. Yeah. So you're like, oh man, this team looks so good. It'd make me kind of nervous for a game. So I kind of do a breathing. We need to set it up with like five minutes of them not scoring. Yeah. 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 So I kind of do go do, a th- we'll do a breathing routine before that. Just kind of like, okay. So it calms me up before it. Then I go through that. And then I'd go do my dynamic warm up, which was pretty long. I'd, I actually would break a really good sweat. I do a lot of stuff, a lot of footwork stuff to get my feet going, get my, 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 my reaction, like my foot speed and everything kind of going. And then I'd go visualize for at least 10, 15 minutes and just kind of run through a bunch of different plays in the ice, a bunch of different scenarios, and then started getting dressed with about 20 minutes for warm up. We hear visualization a lot. Young goalies hear it, and a lot of them wonder, what does it look like? So are you sitting in a locker stall? Are you seeing. You're like through your own eyes as a play develops in front of you. Are you bird's eye view? Like so, how does Eric Comrie visualize? Are you specific to the team that night? I go on the bench just because it's the, I go close to ring. Cause I can kind of start seeing the thing and no, it's usually the same exact plays almost every single time their team for sure. And if they have a certain power play plays, I'll run through those certain power play plays in my mind. But I always start by me watching myself just just two reps, just kind of get like the whole picture, like to see the board, see the fans, see everything. So I start with two reps of me kind of just a chest shot where I see myself, where I actually see myself from the outside making the save. And then... So you're not seeing the puck come at you. You're actually watching yourself. Watching, it, watching myself. And then I start going from my own eye. And I try and get, I try and get as many senses as I can. Sound, feel. Um, I'm holding a stick while I'm doing it to kind of get the feeling of holding a stick kind of thing. So I'm, I'm like, okay. But I'm, you're sitting on the bench. Yeah. Okay. And I'm feeling the puck hit my blocker. I'm feeling the puck hit the glove. I'm okay, not just like, not just sight, but sound, feel, and sight. You, hands just, are moving. So like the hands are um, active a little bit? A little bit. I mean, I, you're not going windmill Wednesday it's fun, out there? It's funny because like, you're not trying to, but they kind of, they kind of do move because you're just, because you're trying to be so realistic. That's firing that, that muscle as it is kind of thing. No, hundred percent. When Buffalo visits this year, I'm coming to the rink early just so I can capture this on video, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, like what, what are, what are some of the other things that allowed you to have this year? I mean, we talked about a, you know, a couple big ones there in terms of adding a sports psychologist and sort of learning to understand your process a little better. Uh, the practice habits, um, the foundations of your game, anything changed there? I mean, the game's gotten so fast laterally. But then you've always, like you said, skating and movement yeah. has always been a, a foundation for you. I got a lot stronger too, though. I did like during the pandemic year, I went, this is very counterproductive to what a lot of people say about like movements of like that. I lifted a lot of weight. Like I lifted a ton and a ton of weight. And just because I kind of found out that my body is pretty naturally flexible and if I'm not strong enough. I will break down and I will not be able to move as quick as, as powerful as I can. So I was during the pandemic, when we had that longer, like that longer break. I just lifted a ton. I lifted a ton and a ton and a ton and try to get as strong as I possibly could. I said, my goal is to get as strong as I possibly could. And it's helping me a lot. Just like, just to, to maintain the rigors of a whole season. That was a big one for me. And then once again, just playing my game, I just sticking to it and playing my game. I know I mean, Flats did a great job. I mean, look at the flat track record that Flats has last little bit. He's got Connor Hellebuck, Laurent Brassois, Anton Forsberg, and myself. Like, those last five goals he's had. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a pretty good job he's done. And you want to you wanna know the funny part? Yeah. I used to do radio in Winnipeg sort of right before Helly was coming up, and they, they would always ask me, 
do they have the right goalie coach here? And I always had to say, yes, they do. Yeah. I've got a chance to watch them work. Yeah. Trust me. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Um, how do you go about building a relationship with a new guy? Like, I know, you know, like you're just brand new into a team. Like you've done this before with other goalie coaches. Now it's, it's Mike Bales, who uh, we've had the pleasure of, of talking to in the past, big fans. How do you build that relationship? Now, do you, do you have to sort of teach them what you like? How does, how does that back and forth go? No, I, I've, I've lucky. I've worked with a lot of goalie coaches. I've liked every single one I've worked with. They're all fantastic. I mean, the goalie world, such a good world. We're so lucky to live in such a great world where every human being is so good and we just care so much about the position. We're in the goalie world because we love the goalie world. That's why they're there. So it's, we're, it's, I, I'm not worried about that at all. I mean, we're going to have a great relationship. And the big thing for me is just we're going to build that trust. We're going to get along really well. I'm, I've heard an amazing thing about Mike, and I'm really excited to get to know him a lot better and really excited to like uh, just chat to him more. I've talked to him a couple of times, and he seems like an awesome, awesome human being. He's been asking me about what the summer, and he seems just top class. I'm really excited to get to know him more. I know you got to run and catch a plane, so we're going to keep this real quick. I got two threads I want to pull on, though, real quick here. One, the nerves that you mentioned embracing. Did you not embrace them before? And how do they manifest themselves? Like, is it, is it like stomach? Is it no. like, has it always been something you've dealt with? And did you used to try and make them go away before you embraced them? I'm kind of curious yeah. how you approach it in the past. So like, did you think they were a bad thing? So nurse, so I get nurse for AHL games. Like I, I get nurse for every game, but then you go to the NHL, you call up and like, holy smokes, I can't, even, I can't eat. I can't sleep. I can't like, I can't even like function. I can't walk to the freaking game. I'm so nervous. So the point where it's causing, it's not allowing you to do yeah, your routine. But you're, you're going like, like, holy smokes, like I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I can't get over this. And all of a sudden you kind of get into the point where it's like, hey, just, just play your game. Embrace it. Like, let it be you. Like, don't, don't fight. The more you fight him, the more you're kind of like, you're like, my sports dude, he said, your nerves are your friends. Let them be your friends. So you just kind of like, the more you say, and he kind of said like, write down, I am nervous, period. So every time you felt you're nervous, just say, well, I guess I'm nervous because and you kind of go, well, oh, okay, what can you do about it? I'm nervous. I mean, you, you could be mad. I'm just like, oh, I'm mad. We're not going to change it. It's just the way you are. Like that's, you just notice your emotion. So all you have to do is just notice it. And once you notice it, your body's just like, oh, okay, that's fine. You've been there before. Just let it, let it happen. The other one, and I'll, we'll close it on this one. You said at the beginning, before you signed with Buffalo, you're watching all these moves, going a little sort of, you know, NHL GM mode from the video games. Yeah. Which ones you like the most? Putting you on the spot there. Oh, uh, I liked all of them. They were all really good. There were a lot of good goalies that went different places. I mean, oh man. It's all, it was a lot, eh? Like it's, it was, it's it funny was, because it we didn't have awesome. the, the free agency class. I mean, you were, you were part of that. Yeah. But there's been years in recent history where it's been more free agency, but this year with the trades, trades and it was, it was everything. salary dumps and yeah. guys not getting QOs. Like it, it was guys not getting QOs. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was fun to watch. I mean, there's, it's awesome. I'm really excited. I, I think the, the crazy, like the Ville Husso one to Detroit was really cool. Just seeing that, like, cause I've, I've actually grown up with Ville Husso and he's an excellent goalie. I'm really excited to watch what he can do. Like I play against him. We're both the same age. So I went, remember going, I went to Finland to watch him, to play against him when I was young, when I was like 12 years old, I played against him in Finland. I was like, wow, this guy's unbelievable. This guy's going to be so good. And sure enough, however many years, I mean, what's it? We're 27 years old. So 15 years later now, holy smokes, we're old now, holy smokes. The aging myself <laughs> um, is like, like seeing him be there and get that contract. I'm just so happy for him. I, I really just wish him the best. Like he's a really good goalie and he's, he's going to be so good there. We saw offense bump this year. You played behind a team that, like I said, of the practices, like just so much skill, so much talent that you were behind there shooting on you in practice. What's 
what do you see that's changed in the game in front of goalies? And what's like, what's our count? Like, what's our next move here? Like, what do we have to do to, or do you think it was just a year where? No, no, it's, it's, it's more it's skilled got, game. You think it is? And, a lot more you know, east west? and you know what though? I still, to this day, don't think it was as much as a goalie change as it was a hockey systems change. Yes. I think that goalies got a lot of credit. But I think coaches went from trying to, in the 80s and 90s, trying to win 7-6 to win one nothing. Oh, you mean like, it's okay. So in terms of what, what came yeah. before this, Team. like the defense and the and structure. Nowadays, it's not about defense and structure anymore. It's about how fast you can get the puck to offense. And I think that's great for the game. And the rules are setting it up for the way that it's not about defensive system anymore. It's about scoring goals and offensively. And we're getting back to that. Because I think for a while there was, okay, New Jersey Devils hockey, let's win one nothing. And that's, I mean, I love the devil growing up, but it was not fun to watch all the time. I think we're getting to the place where coaches are kind of like, let's, let's see what, instead of creating off defensive systems, they're worried about what they can do offensively and how they can score more goals. And I think that's a great spot for hockey. As a goaltender though, uh, is it just a matter of, we just have to continue to be that much better when we're seeing this type of dynamic offense? 100%, yeah, 100%. Just, you embrace it, obviously. But here's the thing though, once again, it's not about, Goaltending, they put a bunch of things on stats and all stuff. It's yes, it's fantastic, but if you win seven six, you still won seven six. Grant Fuhrer won a lot of games seven six, and his name's in the. He's an unbelievable goaltender with his name on the cup a couple times, and that's all you got to do. If you, I mean, the ultimate goal for any single goalie is just get their name on the Stanley Cup, and that's what everyone wants to do. And if you have to do it winning seven six, and I would take it. <laughs> so I'm okay with it. If I got to win seven six to win a Stanley Cup, write me down for it. I'll do it all day long. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Um, we're going to let you go back to California. But first, a quick shout out to the kids here because I understand, like, I'm watching you pack up your bags. You got to go to the airport, fly back down to Cali, like, multiple bags here. And you admitted to me that in California, you're rolling wheel bags these days. So, for all the kids out there I that am. take crap or all the beer leaguers, because yep. I know a few buddies that take yep. crap for wheeling in, we got a lot of gear. It's okay. So, here's the way I look at it. So, Justin Pogie told me. I skated with Justin Pogge in the summer. Fantastic human being. One of the best guys you ever meet. Really good goalie, by the way, too. Unbelievable puck handle. You should see this guy puck, handle the puck. It's like a third four. Like we play two on two. It's like, a, it's like three playing against three forwards. It's unbelievable. So he's, he's wheels his bag in one day. I'm like, man, you're, you're so smart. Like I've, it's from the parking lot to the locker room in, in our rink in Irvine. It's a 10-minute walk. It's a 10-minute walk from the parking lot to the, to the rink. And then from the rink to the locker room is another five minutes. So it's a 15-minute walk. I'm putting my bag down six times in this walk because my gear weighs, I think it was, I think I took it to a car, it was 90 pounds when I got weighed both my bags in at the airport last time. So 90 pounds I'm carrying this whole time. So I'm like, couple gloves, couple, couple gloves. lockers, you got lots my of stuff. My back, by the time I get to the locker room, it was toasted. So I'm like, this, there's got to be a better way. Like, you're the smart one here. You're wheeling it in. He was, oh yeah, my like I get into the rink, my back felt awful, my hips felt awful. I'm like, I, I'm just doing this for my health now. I, I gotta be smarter here. Like, it's honestly, it was a smart thing for me to do. I'm a huge fan of it. I just can't do it on the airport because it, my bag would be heavy, so I can't do it that way. So I'm doing the two bags here and carrying them at not as long as a walk as it is in Irvine. Yeah, there are a lot of parents of kids right now that are so happy to hear you admit that, hear you say that it's okay, folks. It's okay to wheel your bag. Well, once again. Big thing. Don't don't worry what people think about you. Just do your own thing and be happy being you. Control what you can control. Yeah, there you go. Eric, thanks a lot for the time today, buddy. Uh, best of luck this season. Well, we're not going to see you the rest of the summer, but we'll see you around once the year starts. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. 
every now and then you get involved in a conversation that is exactly that. Uh, sometimes there's interviews where you are asking questions of the the person, the guest on In Goal Radio, the podcast brought to you by The Hockey Shop, The Hockey Shop Source for Sports uh, in Surrey. But that was just two guys riffing. And one of the great parts about you having access uh, to these guys uh, in Kelowna and being able to be on location with them as they they train. Yeah, I know. Um, it's funny because my wife kind of scratched her head and was like, you're driving to Kelowna for two ice times with a couple <laughs> different goaltenders and then driving back the same day. And for those that don't know, uh, that drive from Vancouver to Kelowna is about four hours. So I basically drove eight hours that day um, for basically two ice times. The first one was with Eric. And then we had that conversation afterwards. And then the second ice time was Beck Warm, who just signed with the Rochester Americans. So uh, Buffalo's farm team is going to be a part of the organization as well. Uh, and Clay Stevenson, who another guy we hope to have on the podcast in the next little bit, got to meet him for the first time. And uh, he is recently signed with the Washington Capitals, had some slick new caps gear out there, Bauer mock, uh, pads and gloves, had some conversations with them about the new gear and what they like about it. Uh, but honestly, eight hours in the car in a single day to get to catch up with Eric is worth it for me every single time because of the passion he brings to the position. And because even though we'd, we'd had like an hour plus conversation just a couple of years ago on the podcast with Eric, you knew there'd be something new and something more. And you knew when he shared it with us, it wouldn't just be surface level. He'd get right into it and explain the nitty gritty. It's why I love any chance I get to talk to Eric and uh, I'm willing to hop in a car and make a four hour drive to make that happen. It was, it was a great day. It was a bit of a long day by the end of it. Um, I was a little tired getting home, but it was uh, well worth the trip up to Kelowna and just to catch up with Eric and, and catch up with Beck and catch up with Clay and some more interviews that we hope to bring you in the near future as well as, hey, ingoalmag.com folks premium subscribers uh i film drill drills with all three of those guys we'll have the footage up they're going to go over the drills with us uh lyle mast running the drills eric comrie walking us through them all part of that day up there so look for that at ingoalmag.com for ingoal premium subscribers there's nowhere else in the world that takes you on the ice with nhl goalies like we do um and then into the locker room in eric's case to talk about it afterwards so Good times, well worth the trip, and look forward to making a couple more trips up to Kelowna here in the next couple of weeks. That is outstanding. What did you listen to in the in the car on the way up, and did you listen to the interview with Eric on the way back? No, because I hadn't mixed the interview. I oh, I, okay. I, I wanted to get back on the road. I needed That's to, fancy uh, the talk. audio. I haven't mixed yeah. the interview yet. Yeah, no, I hadn't. Uh, well, actually, let's be honest. Normally, it's Hutch that mixes yeah, the interview, so I hadn't hard. got... I hadn't got Hutch to do all the dirty work for me yet. That's the truth. God, we miss you, Hutch, this week. Um, but this, so this is going to date me a little bit. So have you seen, are you, are you a Marvel guy, Darren? Do you, do you watch the, the Marvel yes. movies? Okay, yeah. so have you seen the new Thor? No, not yet. Oh, so definitely. When you see the new Thor, what you're going to notice is the soundtrack is decidedly, like it's from my youth, it's Guns N' Roses. Nice. Like there's four different songs from Guns N' Roses. So I had just seen that movie with my daughters who I've turned into massive Marvel geeks. And so 100%, the first thing I did the night when I realized I was going to, to drive up the next day, I downloaded like the GNR essentials off of like Apple Music and listened to that the whole way up. It was just Guns N' Roses for the whole four hour drive. 
And then, you know, again, sort of aging myself here on the way home, rather than mix it up, I went straight Beastie Boys. I went, I went well into the done. archives and just, just dug out like, and, and, I, and in that case, it wasn't an essentials list. It was like, I have their entire, like everything. I just hit shuffle on every Beastie Boys tune ever and rock that on the way home. It's that and a couple Red Bulls will get you, uh, will get you through a four hour drive that has a few mundane straightaways that can put you to sleep. Uh, Beastie Boys, that's the new title or should be if uh, we didn't already have the gear segment with Cam and, and Woody. That that would Beastie be Boys. Beastie Boys with with you without your your tooth in these days. I think I think yeah, it works a little bit. That's true, but 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 we 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 we're a kindler, gentler gear segment now. There there's less know, there's beast all this and love. Yeah, there's peace, love. Yeah, it's, being it's kind to each other. I know, I know. I've, I've developed a new appreciation for Cam. As much as I like chirping, I I need him to know how much he's loved here on the podcast at Ingle Radio. Yeah, I don't know whether we've. I should crack myself. I don't know whether it's love yet. It's just not picking, prodding, poking. Yeah, there's less, there's less disdain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love it. Uh, we'll, we'll see whether that returns uh, next week. Got some really exciting stuff on the horizon. Can't wait uh, for the next episode of In Goal Radio, the podcast presented by The Hockey Shop, source for sports, sorry, thehockeyshop.com. Mm-hmm.